Hey, Wowzers, before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know about another exciting event we have coming up this weekend, April 21st. We are going to be celebrating Earth Day in the most optimistic way at the Smithsonian's National Zoo. I'll be taking the stage with some awesome Smithsonian scientists and animal keepers for a super fun, interactive audience experience. Grownups, for more on that, just visit tinkercast.com slash events. That's it. Now let's get on with Operation Earth, how to be cool to a planet that's getting hot. red tomato right off the vine. Incoming! Time machine what in the... Oh, no! <sighs> hey, Guy Ross. Thought I'd find you in your greenhouse today. Well, Whoa, look at those tiny little tomatoes you grew. You... They look like little clouds. You almost crushed my entire greenhouse with that giant hunk of junk. Well, what gives? Oh, well, I thought I smelled some fresh tomatoes over here. And they are prize-winning tomatoes. Would you like to try one? Fresh off the vine is the best way to taste a tomato. Oh, no thanks, Kairos. I am so super full. I just got back from the year 1910 and... 1910? Oh, yeah. I was having lunch with my old friend Marie Curie, and we were just having the best little chit-chat about radioactive elements. You mean the Marie Curie, the only person in history to have won the Nobel Prize for physics and for chemistry? Yep, good old Marie. You should see the way she lights up when she talks about radiation. Wow, that must have been a fascinating conversation. Yeah, but, oh, man, it is so hot in here. Is it just me or is it the Pepper X pie I ate for dessert? Well, I guess my greenhouse might be a little warm for us, but it's perfect for my tomatoes, Mindy. I don't know. They look pretty red to me. Maybe they've got sunburn. Well, this time of year, the sunlight isn't strong enough to make the air outside warm. But when the sun comes through the glass in my greenhouse, it heats up the plants and the soil, which is why it's warm in here. The soil? Wait a minute. The dirt is warm, too? Let me just see. Ooh, nice. Yeah, who knew warm dirt could feel so good, right? Yeah, do you mind if I just... Uh, Mindy, Mindy, what are you... I'm just going to plant myself right here and... Mindy, are you burying yourself in my dirt? It's fine, Guy Raz. I'm absorbing my nitrogen, my potassium, my magnesium, my 
iron. Mindy, you're in dirt. I mean, why take vitamins when you could just suck them up through the dirt? Well, I suppose you want me to water you, too, or maybe give you some plant food. I even have some grade-A cow manure if you want that, too. What? No way, Guy Raz. That would be redonkulous. I'm already full-grown. Oh, right. But it is warm and toasty in here. If only there was a way we could trap all of this heat in. Well, the glass sides of the greenhouse keep the heat from getting out as well. Um, hang on a second. Let me just get out of this dirt here. Walk over to the window. Are these glass? Yes, and please don't knock so hard. You're gonna break. <laughs> You're gonna break it. Sorry. Uh, anyway, like I was saying, Mindy, these glass windows double as the walls of the greenhouse, and they keep the plants warm without having to use any extra energy. Oh, so you mean like all the extra energy you would have to use if you had, say, electric heat lamps or a furnace or something to keep things warm. Exactly. And so the way this greenhouse works is actually pretty good for the environment. Right, because even though I have a greenhouse, I'm not creating any greenhouse gases. Oh, I could fill your greenhouse with gases, Guy Raz. Excuse me. Mindy, that's not what I meant by greenhouse gases. I don't worry about it, Guy Raz. Uh, The plants will clear the air. Okay, we'll get back to greenhouse gases in just a minute. But first, I have to tell you about this incredible scientific study I was just reading about. Oh, you know I love a good scientific study, Guy Raz. But first, can we get out of here? It's so crazy hot, even my sweat is starting to sweat. Well, if you think it's warm in here right now, Mindy, just you wait until the end of the century. Wait until the end of the century? That's the year 2100. I don't have that kind of time to wait. Uh, Well, I know you've got a busy schedule, Mindy, but I think you need to hear me out. Uh, This is important. Okay, well, this is going to take a while. You mind if I get back in the dirt? Well, uh... Dig, 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 dig. Cover, 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 cover. Hmm. Mindy, can you please stop planting yourself in my flower beds? Well, if you don't want me to lay down in them and cover myself up with the dirt, then stop calling them flower beds. What? Huh? Well, okay, okay, fine. That's a fair point. So back to this scientific study you were about to tell me about. Oh, right. Well, these researchers from the University of Southampton in the United Kingdom have just discovered that by the year 2100, the average temperature on planet Earth might be... What? Drumroll, please. Oh, uh... As hot as... What? As hot as it was... As hot as it was what? As hot as it was 50 million years ago. Mindy. Mindy, did you just hear what I said? Yeah, I heard you, Guy Raz. You said that by the year 2100, the Earth might be as hot as it was 50 million years ago. Yes, that's exactly what I said. Isn't that wild? I don't know. I mean, I guess that depends on how hot it was 50 million years ago. Oh, oh right. That, That is a good point. Well, 50 million years ago, the Earth was about 86 degrees Fahrenheit on average. On average? Average, so meaning that it was hotter on some days and colder on others? That's right. And for comparison, 
In July of 2017, the Earth's average temperature was 62 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa, and July is one of the hottest months of the year in some places. That's right. And while 86 degrees Fahrenheit might not sound too scorching hot, well, 50 million years ago, it was hot enough that crocodiles were swimming in the Arctic. And there were palm trees in Alaska. What? That's hotter than a Carolina Reaper mixed with a ghost pepper mixed with a pepper X mixed with a peppermint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But you said that the year 2100 might be as hot. So why isn't it for sure? Well, it all comes back to those greenhouse gases we were talking about before you filled my greenhouse with your other kind of gases. I said excuse me! Well, that's true. You, you did. But there's no excuse for the amount of greenhouse gases being put into Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, I know all about greenhouse gases. They're created when we drive our cars and heat our houses and every time a cow toots. Oh, cow, say excuse me! That's good enough. Sorry, Guy Raz, where were we? Gases like carbon dioxide are released into the atmosphere, and over time, they heat up the Earth. Oh, and these gases do that by forming a see-through wall around the Earth, kind of like the glass walls in your greenhouse here. Yes, and just like with my greenhouse, the sun shines through those gases onto the earth and heats us up. And just like your greenhouse here, the heat gets locked in. That's right. All those greenhouse gases act like those glass panels in my greenhouse, keeping all of the heat close to the earth. Wow, we really gave that metaphor a workout. And in fact, Mindy, the greenhouse gases are turning our earth into a real greenhouse. And if we don't take care of this, things could really start to warm up over the next 80 years. Ugh, so we need to do something about it before it's too late. That's right. I'm on it. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Why butterflies aren't made with real butter? Uh, that, that, that's not what I was thinking. Me neither. I was thinking that it's time to get myself out of this dirt bed and back into the time machine. <laughs> Guy Raz, it's time for us to go back 50 million years ago. That's a great idea, Mindy, because if the temperature of the Earth 50 million years ago is similar to what it will be like in the future, well, then we kind of need to experience it. The key to the future is in the past, Guy Raz. Huh. That's a very wise thing to say, Mindy. No, literally, the key that makes a time machine go to the future is lost in the past. Uh... See, I accidentally left it in the Eocene epic the last time we were there. Uh... Remember when we went to visit those tiny little horse ancestors of ours? Oh, of course, I remember, but, but, but you can't go leaving the time machine keys 50 million years in the past. Don't worry, Guy Raz, I didn't lose the key to the past, so we can still go back in time and find the key to the future. Phew! Okay, well, I guess, uh, let's go. Sounds good. Time machine's parked right outside. So come on, we're gonna be late. Late? Considering we're already 50 million years late, I think it's gonna be okay. Get on in here. Scoot over. Come on, scoot over. Scoot over. Okay, so, yes. present day... Hmm? Minus... 50 million years. 50 million years. Yeah. 
looks like that'll take us back to the late Eocene epoch. Yes. No pit stops, what? no bathroom breaks. What? No bathroom? There. No bathroom breaks? Guy Raz, you're going to be sorry about the... Made it. Man, all right, let me just open the hatch here. Whoa, whoa. Man, forgot how crazy hot it is back then, or back now, 50 million years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's really hot here. It's as hot as the hottest days back in our neighborhood 50 million years in the future. And judging by our coordinates here, we're probably somewhere around uh, Iowa in North America. Iowa? Man, feels pretty hot for Iowa this time of year. Yeah. But don't worry, Guy Raz. I brought along some brand new ice helmets that I invented just for an occasion like this. Uh. Let me just open my adventure toolbox. Ah, why are there snakes in here? Get out of here, snakes. Uh. All right. Oh, here they are. Still icy cold. <laughs> here. Try this baby on for size. <laughs> I hope I don't get a brain freeze. Guy Raz, we've been through this. Brain freeze comes from eating or drinking cold stuff too fast. You can't get it from wearing an ice helmet. I know, I was just trying to... <gasps> make a joke! Oh, forget it. Anyway, l- l- let me see your mirror. I want to make sure I've got this thing on straight. Oh, yeah, here you go. Looks good, right? Not bad, but it is a little wet and heavy, but it's definitely cooling me off under these hot temperatures. Okay, before we do anything else, we need to find the time machine key to the future, okay? Uh, I cannot believe you lost it. Now, I'm pretty sure we were in this field when we saw the mini horse ancestor. Huh. This has got to be the same area where I lost it. This field goes on for miles, Mindy. I mean, we could be walking all day. But by the way, what does the key look like? Well, the key just looks like a key, but the keychain is one of those three-foot-long candy canes. How did you not notice a three-foot-long candy cane dropped out of your pocket? I don't know. I think I must have lost it when I was looking for my magnifying goggles. Oh, oh, hey, look over there, Mindy. I, I think I see a group of ancient horse ancestors from the genus Hyrocotherium. Genus. 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 I got it. Genus. Genus is the group of species that they're part of. You sound like a genus genius, Mindy. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that one, Mindy, I'd be in debt. What? Hey, do these look like the same ones we saw the last time we were here? I think that's them, yes. Oh, they're so cute, these little doggy-sized pocket horses. Guy Ross, can we keep one? (sighs) Wait, it looks like they're snacking on something. Yeah, this is a great chance to find out just what these animals are eating. Come on, let's let's walk over. Oh my turtle and a taco shell, are they eating the key? Yeah, they're all licking the candy cane keychain, Mindy. They're about to eat our keys to the future. Stay calm, Guy Raz. I'll handle this. Well, howdy there, little critters. I'm sorry to say this, but uh. We're gonna need this here key you're fixing to eat. Uh, why are you talking like a cowboy, Mindy? Well, because I'm talking to some horses here, partner. Uh... Yep, that's it. Spit it out. Put it right there. Mm-hmm. All right, yeehaw, little horse doggies. Now run away. 
Wow, that worked, and they even left your key. Well, thank you kindly, partner. Okay, Mindy, you can speak normally now. <sighs> yeah, that was exhausting. Well, this heat is exhausting me, even with the ice helmet on. Oh, yeah, so about that, I had a thought. Yes? How did ancient Earth get so hot? I mean, I'm looking around, and there aren't any humans yet. I don't see any of these animals driving cars or heating houses or building things. That is an excellent question, Mindy, because I know that there was naturally more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere millions of years ago, but I'm not really sure why. So maybe, maybe we should consult an expert. An expert? (gasps) Reggie! Reggie? Yeah, he's taking a college class in environmental science. Wow, between taekwondo and selling shoes at Foot Locker, Reggie never ceases to amaze me. I guess no one should call him a bird brain. Why not? Birds have amazing brains. Okay, I'm going to give him a call. Hey, Reg. Yeah, it's Mindy. Guy Raz is here, too. What? Yeah, I think we should be back in time for dinner. Yeah, except for the fact that we are 50 million years in the past, and it's really hot here. The reason we're calling is because we need your environmental expertise. Okay, so what we want to know is how the Earth got so hot 50 million years ago if there were no humans around to do all that stuff that junks it up, putting carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Oh. Huh. Well, thanks, Reg. See you in 50 million years. So, what'd he say? Okay, so Reggie says the reason there used to be so much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is because of natural causes, natural events like volcanoes. Yeah, that makes sense, because I know that there used to be a lot more volcanoes when the Earth was first formed. And I bet those volcanoes release carbon dioxide when they erupt. You got it. Must be a real bird brain, too, Guy Raz. Thanks. And Reggie also said that our Earth cooled down from natural causes as well. Natural causes, huh? Well, what were they? So apparently, over millions and millions of years, giant rocks on Earth naturally started to break down into tiny pieces. Go on. And those tiny pieces of rock became dirt. Like the dirt in my garden. Yep. And so this dirt started to suck up or absorb a lot of the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Okay. And that process started to remove the carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. And as a result, the Earth cooled down. Of course. Now it's starting to make sense. So more dirt means more plants could grow. And plants breathe in carbon dioxide and breathe out oxygen. You got it, Guy Raz. So all of these different natural things happening are why the Earth has heated up and cooled down so many times over millions and millions of years. And I read that our sun in the present day is hotter than it was millions of years ago. Well, here we are millions of years ago, and it feels pretty hot to me. The air is hot because of the extra carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. 
But the sun itself is kind of like a light bulb. How so? Well, you know how a light bulb is cool when you first turn it on? Yes. But if you try to hug it after it's been on for a couple of hours, it'll burn you? Uh, yeah. I take it you learned that the hard way? The sun gets hotter and hotter over time, too even if we can't really feel it heating up. And so that's another thing speeding up the Earth's rising temperatures. Yep, but what I want to know is if the dirt and the plants absorbed the carbon dioxide and cooled down the Earth a long time ago, then why can't the Earth just do that again? Well, because right now, Mindy, it's just getting too hot too fast. And the Earth's cool-down process and warm-up process are like two turtles in a race. Ooh, I love a good turtle race. So how does it work? Well, when nature is in charge, the cooling turtle and the warming turtle sometimes pass each other. But eventually, they end up evening out the score at the finish line. But now with greenhouse gases, it's like we put the global warming turtle on a rocket-powered skateboard or something. Exactly. So we're going to have to speed up that cooling turtle or slow down the warming turtle so they can even out again. And we can help do this by doing things like walking or riding a bike instead of driving a car or... Maybe just stop wasting so much stuff and creating a bunch of garbage and trash. That's right. And by switching out our light bulbs for energy-efficient LED light bulbs. Take that, warming turtle. So what else can we do? Well, you might be surprised, but one of the best things we can do is to compost our food waste. Oh, yeah, composting. That beautiful process of worms eating our old food and pooping it out into warm, lovely dirt. Indeed. But how does it help the Earth? Well, the average American family produces 20 pounds of food waste every month. Wow, must be a lot of work to deal with all that. It is, and garbage trucks have to burn fossil fuels to take that garbage to landfills. And in some cities, it's a 500-mile drive. That must make so many greenhouse gases. It sure does. And even worse, when that food sits in the landfill and decomposes or breaks down, it produces methane, which is another very super strong greenhouse gas. Not to mention a very stinky gas. And that's why it's our responsibility as humans to help slow down the warming turtle or find a way to speed up the cooling turtle and make sure the Earth is a good place for all living things. Oh, just think of Reggie's great, 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 great grand pigeons. We can help make the future of this planet better for them, too. Hey, I just got an idea. Why don't we go back to our own time and get started? Good idea, Guy Raz. We got to get back to the time machine. Let me just... Ugh. All right, now. Time to saddle up, partner. Mindy, I thought you weren't going to talk like a cowboy anymore. I'm not. Talking like a cowgirl. No, I... Here we... That was a tough landing. You okay, Mindy? Ugh, yeah, I think so. All right, well, let's get back inside the greenhouse. Um, actually, Guy Raz, I think I'm going to meet up with you later. Now that I've got my time machine key to the future, I've got a quick errand to run. Okay, but please be careful in the future and then bring your ice helmet just in case. See you soon. 
Well, I guess I'd better go back to the greenhouse and start harvesting my kale. year 2100. The year 2100? What was it like? I met an old man and an old woman who were really famous. Okay. And they were famous because they had worked together to invent a new way to create energy to use for almost everything, from our lights to our cars to our waffle makers to our electric skateboards for cats. The future has cat skateboards? Whoops. Shh. I didn't mean to give that one away. Cat skateboards. Anywho, this little team and their friends created a new way for us to make energy. A kind of energy that didn't add any more carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. Wow. Our climate change heroes are really out there, Mindy. Yep, they sure are, Guy Raz. And they may not even know it yet. Wow in the world will be right back. Grown-ups, this message is for you. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. Their agents are ready to help personalize your insurance so you can create a policy that fits your needs. Manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support also comes from Little Passports, offering activity kits to keep kids engaged and expand their minds. Hands-on activities and games invite kids to explore the world and unpack the mysteries of science. They'll travel to countries like France, Brazil, and Egypt and build scientific wonders like a volcano, a submarine, and a solar-powered car, all from their kitchen table. More at littlepassports.com. That's it! Back to the show! Wow in the world! Hi! Thanks for calling Wow in the World! After the beep, get ready to record! Hi, Minnie and Zyros! My name is Ezra, and I live in Gainesville, Florida, and my wow for the earth is I have a garden. And I grow beets, radishes, tomatoes, um, beet, green beans, and peas. Bye. Hi, Mindy and Guy Raz. My name is Greta. I am nine years old. I live in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. I help the environment by not using straws. I love your show. Bye. Hi, Guy Raz and Mindy. I'm Arlo. I'm nine years old. And my wow for the earth is that... I have become a pescatarian, so I only eat fish, vegetables, and fruit, which is better for the environment. Bye. Hi, Medea Guy Ross. My name is Logan. I am eight years old, and I live in Warwick, Rhode Island. I go to the Lincoln School for Girls in Providence. My school is using recycled cardboard to build the city. We also compost the food we don't eat at lunch for the garden. I love your podcast. Bye. Hey, Mindy and Guy Ron. I am five, and my name is Wyatt. I'm from Arizona. 
my wow to the planet is that we give our our kitchen scraps to our worms and the worm poo poo we give we give to our garden as fertilizer. Hi, my name is Caroline and I am from Greeley, Colorado. My family does lots of things to reduce our impact on Earth's resources. But one thing I do all by myself is washing reusable bags. Instead of using throwaway plastic baggies for my school lunches. Happy Earth Day. I really love the show. Keep it up. Hi, Mindy and Guy Ross. My name is Zoe. I'm nine years old. My mama owns a diaper service in New York City. They wash over 10,000 diapers every week, so the diapers don't go in the garbage. I get to go to work with her and help out. Also, me and my friend Alice are going to start a Save the Sloth Club. And I love your show. Thanks, Mindy and Guy Raz. End of messages. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Wow in the World. And if you want to keep the conversation going, check out some of the questions we posted on this episode at our website, wowintheworld.com. And grown-ups, there you can find more details on how your kids can become part of the world organization of wowzers. Lots of cool perks, exclusive T-shirts, autographed pictures of us, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Wowintheworld.com. Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Say hello, Jed. Yellow. With help from Thomas Van Kalken, Chelsea Urson, and Jessica Bodie. Meredith Halpern Ranzer is the big boss. Our theme song was composed and performed by The Pop Ups. You can find more of their awesome all ages music at thepopups.com. And parents and teachers, if you want to send us an email, our address is hello at wowintheworld.com. Grownups, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wow in the World. And if you want to be featured at the end of the show, call us up and tell us your Wow in the World. Our phone number is 1 888 7 Wow. That's 1 888 7 Wow. And parents, if you want to upload any photos or videos or messages to us, please visit wowintheworld.com and find a link where you can do just that. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcasts. Leave us a few stars and a review and be sure to tell a friend about the show. Until next time, keep on wowing. Wow in the World was made by Tinkercast and sent to you by NPR. This is Peter Sagal. When we began Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, we dreamed that our rude jokes would be, in the end, the appropriate way to talk about the news. And look, it happened. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on the NPR One app or wherever you listen to podcasts.